and salutations, creature lovers. This is Mr. Venom welcoming you to episode 18 of No More Room in Hell presents Creature Comforts. Uh, before we get into the movie we're going to talk about this episode, let me go ahead and introduce my cohorts. First, he is the mastermind of the Horror Countdown podcast. It is Mr. Don and Nelly. How you doing, Don? Yeah, what's going on? Always happy to be here. Excellent. And, of course, our friend from the main show, No More Room in Hell, and the former Cinema Attack, he is Mr. Derek B. How you doing, Derek? Yes, I'm here to talk about Godzilla 98, or Gorgo, <laughs> too. Yeah, it's like I a thought mixture Godzilla... Of both. Oh, it definitely is. I mean... Godzilla 98 was the first one to pop in my head, but then when we get to, like, the second, the end of the second act, I'm like, oh, this is Gorgo. Okay, awesome. And I like Gorgo more than Godzilla 98. I don't know anybody that likes Godzilla 98, so. So, yeah, we went with Gorgo 2, Electric Boogaloo. But anyway, yes, uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, our movie this episode is coming to us from Thailand. It is, of course, The Lake, a uh, big creature uh, kaiju slash creature feature out of Thailand that was just released a, a little over a month ago, actually a couple months ago. It's original VOD date in the U.S., but uh, we finally, finally got around to talking about this one. This is one that we were we were going to talk about on Fresh Cuts, but whenever we get a big you know creature feature like this, I like to hold on to it for this particular show, and that's what we did. So we are of course talking about the lake. And our synopsis is as follows. A girl finds a strange egg and brings it back to her village, only to later realize it was from a monster. Yeah, that happens in the first five minutes. <laughs> exactly. The funny thing is, is the description says only to later realize it's from a monster. The egg was fucking gigantic. It was like the size of a dog. No shit, it's a monster egg. What else did you think it was? Even ostrich eggs aren't that big. Come on. As our synopsis says, uh, we are, of course, dealing with a, cre a, a creature feature, a strange creature that comes to us from a lake in a village in Thailand. I'm going to go ahead and throw this over to Don first, as Don is our Asian cinema uh, writer online, and he was the first one that brought this to my attention a few months back. So let's go ahead and start. Don, why don't you go ahead and give me some general thoughts on the lake? Yeah, I've uh, been um, hyping this one up quite a bit ever since I first saw it. Yeah, there, there's a lot to like here. Um, I mean, I don't know what's in the water in Thailand recently, but, I mean, the last few years, uh, they, they've been producing some absolute bangers. Um, I mean, you know, they... It runs the gamut, too, from what I've seen. I mean, you know, you've got Krasu in Human Kiss, um, The Medium, there's The Maid, um, which is actually the director's uh, previous film, which was uh, really fun. And uh, they, they also have, like, two really good uh, monster movies. Um, I, I want to say the original title is Leo the Terrible Giant, but for some reason it's called uh, The Beast Beneath. Um, I, if you've seen it on like, you know, various streaming platforms, um, that one there is also really fun. It's, it, it reminds me very much of Tremors, only with a, uh, Komodo dragon instead of worms. So, oh. yeah, um, yeah, that one's really good. And it's actually funny, like, uh, Tremors is too. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's a fun double bill. And then you've got this one here, which, uh, I, I fell in love with this one uh, pretty early on, um, 
I, I mean, practically the only thing I have against this film is what a dumbass the kid is. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, the thing is as big as your abdomen. You really think that's a normal human egg? Come on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, seriously, the, the, there's so much to like here. Um, I, I mean, it mixes kaiju and creature feature uh, incredibly well. The Gorgo comparison is incredibly apt because, um, I mean, we'll we'll talk about this at length early, uh, later on, but uh, the first half of the film is not the final form, which, um, I mean, yeah, I'll try not to go too deeply into spoilers, but um, the, the first half isn't the final form, and uh, it, it involves a lot more um, creature action. Uh, some really fun stalking scenes. Um, one sequence in particular kind of reminded me a lot of the host, which uh, I'm pretty sure is not going to be the only one that brings that one up. But yeah, the the first half is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, great sequences there. Um, some fun characters too. Um, I, I really enjoy uh, the various uh, different uh, you know couples that we get here. But uh, yeah, the, the finale here is just an absolute uh, kaiju sized blast. Uh, not necessarily uh true Godzilla size uh kaiju, but um, you know, big enough to be considered as such. And uh yeah, the, there's a lot uh, to like here. Um not gonna spoil it too much just because I wanna give my other um, other guys a chance to uh, you know, say some stuff, but it, yeah, I, I've been singing this praise, this one's praises for a while. Um it'll feature very heavily on uh, a lot of my end of year lists. Yeah, the, the this one's a blast, and uh, I, I definitely want more to uh, seek this one out and support Thailand because yeah, they, they've been coming out and hitting uh, some home runs recently, and uh, I, I definitely would like to see that happen. Just another country that's uh, been producing great stuff, and uh, you always like to see it. So worthwhile, definitely enjoy this one, and uh, you know whatever Thailand's been cooking recently, share the wealth because they've been. They they've been doing some great work recently, so yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for me. Because I like I said, I just don't want to give you guys uh, a chance to say something. Sounds good, brother. All right, Derek, come on in here. Tell us what you thought of the lake. It's better than Garuda, that's for sure. <laughs> the other, the the first Thailand monster movie. Oh boy. <laughs> But uh, it's kind of like your basic monster movie story, which is a detriment to the film, but it also kind of hurts it in some aspects of its pacing, which, you know, we'll probably get into more of that later. Overall, great creature design. I wish that there was a little bit more on-screen kills in this one, though, that kind of cut away from that. But, you know, I get it for this type of movie, you know, the message they're trying to tell. Overall, I love the design of the monster or monsters. <laughs> they kind of remind me of giant versions of Sammy from Hellboy. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, even like the tentacles and the jaws, you yeah, know. It's pretty cool. They even have like the same dreadlocks. It's great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the creatures are cool. They're, uh, the guy who designed like the monster did, uh, effect work on, like, Cloverfield and shit. And, uh, yeah, it kind of has, like, that feel to, you know, like, something alien-looking that you never fucking seen before. And, you know, there's some great action sequences. I, I love, like, a lot of the practical effects. There is a mixture of CGI, which, for the most part, it works. 
so, some daytime shots, you could notice it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, but overall, I've seen worse. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, you know. I, I dig this movie a lot. You know, it's kind of jarring, too, <laughs> with the fucking end credits song. Because it's all about, like, if you actually read, like, the fucking lyrics, like, the translation, it's, like, all about love and shit. I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with this movie? <laughs> you know, but, you know, I was like, am I watching Mulan now? <laughs> like, yeah, it's an enjoyable giant creature feature type movie. And I'm glad to see that the, the, the main cop dude was played by the guy from Only God Forgives, the Nicholas Winden Refn movie. Which uh, I'm glad he's still working in Thailand. Yeah, I dug it. Well, for me, it sounds like I'm going to be coming in a little bit closer to Don. I I genuinely love this movie. I thought this was a really really fun time. Now, the the one thing that I think me and Don are probably going to disagree on is the ending of this film. It's it's a very non traditional kaiju slash creature feature type ending in the sense of its finality there's you know there's the ending is very ambiguous it leaves a lot to the viewer to kind of decide on what happens which isn't inherently a bad thing but usually with creature features it's almost always a very cut and dry story you know the creature you know is either dispatched at the end of the film or they find some other solution to get rid of the creature this one leaves the ending a little open-ended, um, no pun intended. It, uh, I, I've seen some other reviews kind of complain about the same thing, that after, you know, an, uh, almost 90 minutes of, you know, thrilling uh, kaiju, you know, kaiju slash creature feature action, that it gives us a very subdued ending. It, it, it's definitely, the, the ending of this movie is more of a thinker. It's not, it's not like a, you know, uh, a nonstop thrill ride, you know, like a Mad Max um, Fury Road type movie. Um, the ending is definitely one that's going to leave you, you know, feeling certain feelings and thinking certain things. It's not bad, mind you. I'm definitely not saying it's bad. Absolutely not. I'm just saying it's slightly different um, from our traditional kaiju fare. Now, uh, I also do agree with Don that there is a lot to like about this movie and Right from the start, one of the things that I love that this movie did, and I found a lot of similarities between this movie and last year's Troll as far as what it did correctly, and one of the first things I'm going to bring up is just the fact that, you know, it's pretty standard in creature features and kaiju movies to kind of give us small glimpses of the creature for the first, like, half of the movie. You might get to see a foot, or you might see the monster from behind. No, 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 my friends. This movie is like, fuck you. You want to see the monster? Here it is. One minute into the movie. Bam! In all of its fucking glory. And it is a beautiful shot. It's at night in the rain, so it kind of hides some of the limitations of the CGI. But it is a gorgeous just shot. I, I literally was in awe of that first shot of the monster. Like, holy shit, they actually did do that. And then, you know, the rest of the movie is more just about this great story, both the, the kaiju story and the human story, which is another thing I like about this movie. The human story didn't get in the way for me. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's some very, and there's multiple human stories going on here, too. We've got, like, multiple sets of protagonists here you know obviously the brother and sister that kind of open up the movie 
And then the inspector and his daughter that we kind of meet a little bit later in, into the first act. And then, uh, you know, the, the main police officer and his daughter, who is also a police officer. So there's like multiple human stories going on, but they never really get in the way of the kaiju action, at least not in my opinion. I know some people are going to have differing opinions there, but... I genuinely liked all of these stories. You know, I loved the connection between Kang and the first monster that we see. Well, maybe not the first monster, but the first, like, full-blown rampaging monster that we see in the movie. And then the relationship with the inspector and his daughter, which I it, it kind of bothered me at, at one point because it's a little bit deceiving. Um, I don't know if the movie purposely, you know, kind of put a swerve on us, but... Uh, basically, you know, the, the, that that inspector is when we first meet him and his daughter, he's picking up his daughter from school because she just got suspended and she's an older teenager, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, somewhere in that range. And she's just been suspended for, you know, whatever disciplinary thing that she did. And the first conversation that they have in the car almost makes it feel like he's a good dad. Like he's done everything that he can since the death of his wife to try to help his daughter get through this. But then later in the movie, after his daughter gets injured after an altercation with the monster, we, we get the daughter that, that says a very poignant statement. She basically says, I don't remember the last time you hugged me like that. And instantly it changes the dynamic of the relationship. It's like, well, wait a minute, Dad. Are you telling me that this teenage girl who lost her mother isn't getting the love and support that she needs from you? And it makes sense because he's a police inspector. He's probably really busy. You know, he's got his head buried in his work. His daughter goes to pup to, to like a private school where she probably stays there. It, it, it was just really weird. I almost felt deceived because I felt bad for the inspector at first. But then with that one statement, it's like, oh, dad is the one who's not engaged in this relationship and isn't giving the daughter what she needs to not be, you know, the, the standard angsty teenager. So, you know, little things like that, which, you know, kind of threw me for a loop, but I still really enjoyed the reveal of those. And then, you know, of course, like I said, the main police officer and his daughter, who's also an officer, have, you know, they don't get as much screen time together, so their story's not as fleshed out as the first two. But still pretty enjoyable, and you know, their their story is one of the only ones that actually ends in a happy way. So go figure. But um, like I said, the fact that the human stories don't get in the way, the fact that we see the monster right away, the fact that there isn't just one monster that they're that they're actually going for a more sympathetic feel. Like this movie definitely goes more for emotions than thrills you know what i mean like it's th th this movie as i've already said it's not non-stop thrill ride kaiju action They're, they definitely pull the heartstrings multiple times throughout the film and i appreciate that you know i'm a guy who has a heart and doesn't you know mind uh you know admitting that that yeah sometimes if a movie is well done i will get emotional and i enjoy that i love it so this movie has some great action. Our finale has some, again, has some really, really cool action. And then the way that they treat the monster, like towards the third act, um, there's a pair of scientists, a man and a woman in this film that are researching uh, the creature. And they're researching the flora and fauna of the local area in general. But they just happen to be there when this creature, you know, makes its existence known. The, the, the male scientist, he makes the realization that this monster is not a malicious killing machine. This monster, it, it, and again, more similarities to last year's Troll. 
this monster isn't a killing machine. He's not out to destroy all these buildings and maraud and kill all these people. No, he just wants his child back. Hence the similarities to Gorgo. So, and I love that. It's like, there's, there's actually a scene where the monster stares at the scientists, but since they don't scream, they don't try to run away. The the monster just kind of turns his head and is like shrugs its shoulders and just walks away. And that realization changes the dichotomy of this film. Like, you know, this monster goes from this, you know, bloodthirsty killing machine to just a loving parent who wants its child back. Mm-hmm. And to the point where it will actually avoid people like this thing is it purposely stepping on people, throwing cars around. It, it looks like it's genuinely trying not to be a menace. It just wants its child back. And I think that's just a beautiful story. You know, as I've said many times on this show, I always look at the creatures in a creature feature as a sympathetic character. They're not always malicious killing machines. Sometimes they're just giant creatures that are just confused. They don't know what they're doing. You know, very much like a Cloverfield type thing. I mean, all of that, plus the great effects... Derek kind of mentioned that there is one scene in broad daylight that, you know, maybe the CG isn't as great, but it also doesn't last very long. It's just a quick shot. So thankfully, most of the creature action in this movie is at night. And, you know, uh, a few years ago, I praised, I, I think it was the Indian film Monstrum for doing the exact same thing. They realized that the CGI was a little bit of a limitation for them. So they shot the whole movie at night. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with filmmakers knowing their weaknesses and taking steps to try to hide them or or try to, you know, at least smooth them out and make them look better. So, yeah, the fact that most of the monster action here is at night, once again, just a beautiful element to the whole thing. And just, like I said, just overall, I really like this story, you know? I mean, obviously, it's very ambiguous. We don't really get much backstory on where these creatures come from. You know, are they alien? Are they a dormant creature that's been on the planet for millions of years and just, you know, because of whatever, pollution, global warming, whatever the case may be, you know, suddenly it wakes up and decides it wants to start laying eggs all over, you know, the the lake area here. So... You know, the the little bit of ambiguity that we get in the film works for me. I don't necessarily need my stories handed to me on a silver platter. Sometimes it is nice, but in this case, because all the other elements of the movie work, I'm okay with it. So, yeah, I mean, oh, man, let's talk about this creature design. Don, come in here. Well, what, what did you think of this design? Yeah, it looks really good. Um, I, I mean, it kind of looks reminds me a little bit of the design of the final beast in uh, Deep Rising, where it has kind of like the like the head, kind of like um, underneath like the amphibious like squid like body. And yeah, there's like uh, some lizard in the the creature. Yeah, it, yeah it, it it looks really cool, and I, I kind of like you know it doesn't really look like a genuine alien it doesn't look like a genuine earthbound creature and i mean it looks like it can like survive in multiple habitats which kind of makes it obvious why we haven't seen it yet but yeah it it looks really cool and i kind of like the way it it you know merges all these different elements together and it kind of looks like a mashup of like various different creatures yeah it's like if a lion fucked a fish I did like the description that the inspector gave where he said this is before he had actually laid eyes on it. But he said, based on the description, it almost sounds like a mutant alligator. And, 
you could almost kind of see some, you know, crocodilian <laughs> DNA in this thing, you know? It's it, it can run on four legs, but it can also, you know, stand up on its on its hind legs and walk around that way too. So, you know, um you, you get different scenes of it running on all fours, running on its hind legs. It's just it's a nice variety. I do agree with Derek. I do wish that there was maybe a little bit more on-screen carnage for this one, especially the little the, guy. Yeah, especially the little one, because when we first see the small one, uh, I'll, I'll just call it the baby for now, because they never, I don't think they ever actually give names to the creature, mm-hmm. to any of the creatures. They just call them the monster, so. But yeah, the baby, uh, the first time that we see the baby, he goes on a rampage in this village, you know, adjacent to the lake where the, uh, this family of monsters lives. And it just goes berserk. It just, it seems like for no real reason, he just decides, I'm going to destroy this goddamn village. I guess it kind of reminds me of the scene in uh, The Host. Yeah, exactly. Very much so. The Host is definitely a little bit more wide open. Like, you could tell that maybe they were a little bit more confident with their CGI in The Host. Whereas this one, they kind of hide it a little bit more during that rampage. Like, there's a lot of scenes in tall grass. So well, that's that's not, you know, that's all practical effects. That's a puppet they use in those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, that's that's why I'm very okay yeah. with uh, you know the camera tricks that they use to try to limit its screen time so that we can't see the limitations <laughs> of it. But then later on in the film, when you know Mama shows up, some of the practical stuff with her looks fucking great. There's a scene where she bends down to pick up an egg with her mouth. And it's very obviously a puppet that, or, you know, some kind of giant prop. Like that's prop, that's not CGI. Cause if it was CGI, we would have seen her open her mouth and grab the egg. But what they we made see a phone call movie, to Stan Winston Studios. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but what we see in the film is, you know, she starts to bend down towards the egg and opens her mouth. Then the camera pans to someone else. And when it comes back to the creature, the egg is already in there and she's lifting her head back up. So that's very obviously a practical, you know, prop. They they obviously made a prop head, which I'm very OK with. Like I said, anytime you can limit the CGI and a creature feature, I'm always down. Unfortunately, you know, not all CGI-filled creature features can be Jurassic Park. You know, not everybody's Spielberg. They don't have that kind of budget. So, as I said, I'm very okay with them kind of hiding what limitations they had. This movie is disgustingly sitting on a 3.8 out of 10 on IMDb, which is an absolute yeah, fucking Yeah, that's way too low. I don't understand what movie these people watched. Five, 656 reviews and it has a 3.8? A 3.8 to me is almost unwatchable, and this movie was fucking great. Like I said, maybe the ending could have skewed some of those scores. Like, maybe some people had a bigger problem with the ending than I did and just thought, well, fuck it. We, we didn't actually get an ending, so I'm going to give it a lower score. Because some people might look at it that way, that the movie never actually ends. It just kind of stops. You know what I mean? We don't get yeah. a real resolution of what happens. We don't know what happens to Kang at the end of the movie. No idea. Who is our main protagonist in the film. So. It just jumps like five years in the future. Too. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like we're in the middle of the finale. You know, Kang is driving a truck, leading the baby monster out of the city, where and Mama is giving chase right behind him. And, you know, I might be speaking too much spoilers because this is a new movie and I'd rather not get into crazy, crazy spoilers. But the point is, 
we don't really get that big finale that we wanted. Instead, what we get is a monologue from the police inspector, which I actually found to be a beautiful monologue where he's just talking about, you know, are we really that different from these creatures? You know, he just wants to live and raise its children. And that's all we want to do, too. And, you know. We're the um, real cannibals, yes. I know. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. You know, humans are the real monsters, if you will. Now, what else can we talk about with this one? Um, the score. Um, the score isn't stellar, but I thought it was very serviceable, especially during the tense moments, like during yeah. the chase sequences. Uh, you know, it, it felt very traditional Hollywood, which I'm I'm very down for when I see foreign movies doing a big, you know, like a like a Jerry Goldsmith style score, you know, with a big orchestra and everything. It just sounds really big with swelling, you know, swells up and down. It just, I thought it was really, really cool. One thing that really struck me about this movie, I actually rented it. I didn't watch it on any streaming services. I actually rented it off Amazon. And I, so I got to see it in 4k. This movie is fucking gorgeous. Like, I don't know if you guys got to watch it in 4k, but it, it the cinematography is stellar. Like some of these shots of like the village in Thailand and the and the lake around the village and everything just were were stunning. Like I, I actually had to rewind multiple times because I'm like that looks amazing. And and I'm not talking about CGI either. I'm just talking about straight scenery shots or you know people working in the rice fields. Uh, just a beautiful shots of that. I mean, you know, kudos to this cinematographer. Just great, great work. Yeah. Well, there was no. I mean, you can see that in the first attack when you see like the, like the the shot of the creature like running through like the the sunset as it's coming up, you know, like tearing the people apart. Mm-hmm. They they have that that one shot where it's like really really like it, it, it's not quite the, the the final shot, but it's like one of the ones like right in the middle where she's like looking back and you see like the creature just like shaking one of the. Yeah, shaking one of the victims apart, and it just like looks really cool the way that they have it. But yeah, I think a lot of that is also just you know like they they set it on location and they did like location shoots instead of like studio shoots. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and I'm and I'm always down for that. I I I would way rather see you know actual nature in my films than you know some kind of uh, you know preconceived set in a sound stage. So yeah, I definitely appreciated that. Yeah, I actually watched this movie twice today. Mm-hmm. I watched it first in its original language, and I watched it in because I had the Blu-ray, the English dub that's on there. And oh boy, that's a that's an experience that you guys should try sometime, especially when they start talking with Texan accents. Oh my god! Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm always railing on Asian movies, like when they do an English dub and everybody has British accents, like like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. If you watch the English dub of Crouching Tiger, everyone has a British accent. It's like, what fucking country are we in that everybody has a British accent? So yeah, a Texan accent. Holy shit. I, I did mean to say that when I first hit play on Amazon, it did start playing it in English. And as soon as I heard English language, uh-huh. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, no, fuck that. I I watch everything in its original language. I want to watch every movie the way the director wanted me to watch it. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I don't even bother with English. But, yeah, very happy. I mean, the subtitles seemed perfect. There There was no confusion with any of the subtitles. It stayed on screen long enough. You know, sometimes with some of these Asian action movies... The subtitles, like like the characters are talking so fast that the subtitles aren't on screen long enough to read them. Yeah, you know this one definitely didn't have that, so I appreciate. Yeah, it was that, like actually. that fucking that funny thing. Uh, 
where Def Kappa did the fucking reverse of it. Cause, and then the top of that, they had the only white guy in it speak Japanese. Still, remember exactly. that? Yeah. And Jerry Herring was so pissed during an episode. I was like, why is he not speaking English? I'm like, that's the whole point. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Again, performances in this film. Um, our two main characters, Fang and uh, what was his sister's name? Or Kang. I'm sorry, Kang, not Fang. Kang the Conqueror, yes. He was <laughs> Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> But yeah, Kang and his sister, and they, well, both his sisters, because he's got you know a sister that looks like she's a little bit older than him, and then of course the little sister, you know the the girl that looks like she's maybe ten, eleven years old, who actually yeah, finds like, the egg. Yeah, and then he's like, "Well, keep it." I'm like what? Yeah, what? that is so weird. That is not a very responsible adult who sees a giant egg and thinks, "Oh yeah, fuck it, let her keep it." Yeah. <laughs> then they see hatching. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. They don't get Finland movies over there. No Finnish movies in Thailand, yeah. apparently. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's a kid, again. <laughs> ultimately, Hitler, even though this girl makes some terrible decisions, she's still not little Hitler from Young Gary. So, you know, uh, <laughs> kudos there, ultimately. But, yeah, yeah, the whole thing with this girl finding this egg and deciding to take it and then even fighting for it when her when her older sister wanted to wanted her to take it back and like she's literally fighting and defying her her older sister who's basically her parental figure dad is supposed to be i think that's dad is the guy in the yellow the raincoat at the beginning of the movie right i i thought it was two separate families that's what i mean that's why this movie was confusing to me because it kept jumping back and forth (laughs) right right that's what i mean about the multiple human stories but yeah like kang and his two sisters was one story they're the first ones that we meet and then the inspector, you know, the guy, the cop who doesn't wear a police uniform, who wears street clothes, he's the inspector. And then his daughter, you know, the, the, the juvenile delinquent. And then the third set of humans is the main police officer who is wearing a uniform. And then his daughter, who is also a police officer. You is know, it, like, mm-hmm. Is it fucked up if I say that some people actually looked a lot alike? Hey, I mean, ultimately, it, it, it's the way it is with anybody. When, when we yeah. look at a set of foreigners, you know, it's not as easy to distinguish to distinguish foreigners as it is, you know, people of your own nationality yeah. or, you know, country or whatever, ethnicity. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I didn't have too much of a problem following the characters, you know, because luckily the inspector wore street clothes, so I, I was never confused there. And 90% of the time that we see the inspector, he's in his car with his daughter, so. Yeah, I actually picked up a lot more on that on the English dub when I rewatched it with that. You know? I hear you. Yeah, that would probably explain a little bit more, definitely. And it, and it kind of made it more understandable that, you know, when Kang gets hurt, he gets actually, it's this connection with the monster, like it, like yeah. mind control septic. <laughs> like what? I don't know about mind control. I think well, you know it's what I mean. like a hive mind. Yeah, yeah, like a yeah. hive mind mentality where they all think the same thing because... Yeah, you're right. They don't make it plainly obvious that anyone who's attacked by this creature but doesn't die ends up being almost connected to the creature. Like, you know, in the sense that if they hurt the creature, Kang also gets hurt. So there, there's multiple times in the movie where they show the monster getting stabbed by, you know, the townspeople, and then you see Kang suddenly bleeding from a new spot on his body, and it's like, oh... You know, he's got some because at first I thought he was turning into one, 
Like when, because again, they're not plainly obvious about it in the film. But yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he was slowly when he was having those visions of where the monster was. I thought he was almost like turning into one, and that we were going to see almost like a zombie beavers situation, where the yeah, people that are attacked by the zombie beavers. Let me find are out. This is it. really a prequel to the cave. Oh no! <laughs> Stop it. I no, that was cave. my first. No, that was my first thought too when I saw it. That was the way I thought that the the story was going to go too. Was that he was going to turn into one, and that was how the that was like awesome. It would have been interesting. I mean, it definitely adds more to the effects budget. (laughs) What I'm saying is that I I thought that was the way it was going to go. Was that it was going to be a race to find the creature and maybe get a reversal for it before it turned into one. I thought that was going to go. Absolutely. I am okay with that kind of swerve anyway, because ultimately it makes you feel a little bit more for the creature, knowing that what happens to the creature also happens to Kang kind of, you know, adds that extra little bit of sympathy, because obviously we we don't want to see Kang get hurt. You know, he's an innocent guy, you know, trying to take care of his sisters now in a world without their parents, because now dad is also gone. I'm assuming that was Dad in the in the raincoat in the opening scene, the the first guy to get attacked. I, I, you know, they again they don't make it plainly obvious, but that's the assumption I'm making. I mean, you, you feel bad for Kang once you find out this realization, and even though, and, and what makes the movie so believable is that even after the sister tells the entire crowd, no, 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 don't attack him. Anything you do to the monster also happens to my brother, and you don't want my brother to get hurt, right? And the whole mob is like, Dad, yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Literally, they're just like, kill it. They're chanting, kill it. Even though, you know, it's already been explained to them that if they kill it, Kang also dies. They're literally there chanting, kill it, kill it, kill it. The, the poor monster needs police escort to keep the villagers from killing yeah, it. Yeah, the only god, the only god forgives guys, like, please, I gotta protect him too, he's a human. Exactly. And then, you know, once once the baby, you know, has been captured and has been, you know, kind of uh, put in a truck for a little bit, then, of course, you know, the inevitable happens and Mama shows up and Mama is basically using sonar to find her baby. Hence why she's not attacking everything that moves, which once again, our, our pair of scientists kind of figure out that she's using sonar basically calling out to the creature, to her child, and then the creature replies. Like, at one point in the movie, it almost seemed like they were having a conversation from miles away. Oh, like, man. Mama would say something, and then the baby would reply. But, yeah, see, I just once again, just adding that extra little uh, element of sympathy to the creatures that, again, this is just a mother and child that just want to live their life. They don't want to kill people. They don't want to destroy property. Uh, they, those are the kind of creature features that I generally gravitate towards, the ones that treat the monster with a little bit of care, you know? It's not just kill it, kill it, you know, like the villagers were. Though I do like that element in the movie because it makes it realistic, ultimately, you know? It makes sense that the villagers want to kill this thing because this thing literally rampaged through this village. I mean, I don't know how many people. We never get an actual kill count, but he marauded that goddamn village. So it absolutely makes sense that the the villagers want to kill it, but... You know, uh, obviously that extra little bit of sympathy definitely helps the movie out. Do you think the name of the movie's kind of misleading because most of the movie doesn't even take place on the fucking lake? Valid. I was thinking about that about halfway through the movie, but 
for whatever it's worth, the movie starts and ends at the lake, so I'll give it that. You know, I'll give it that little bit of concession. But yeah, yeah. you're right. The majority of the movie takes place in the town. I'm not sure what town it even is, but it's like it's more of a city center, not quite like Seoul, Korea, or anything like that. Yeah. But it's still it's still more uh, urban than you know the village where the movie starts. So you know, like I said, I'll, I'll give it some credit for that, but. Oh man, what else can we talk about, man? And the fucking I'm, I'm, cover up? Oh yeah, we were filming a movie here. <laughs> that was the best fucking cover up story I ever heard. I'm like, really? Oh, fucking government, man. Yeah, see, that's another part of the frustration of the ending of this movie, where, you know, one part of the frustration, and I'm not saying that I got frustrated, but I'm saying some general audiences, especially American, I feel like it's going to be the American audiences that are going to have the biggest issue with this ending. But, yeah, the fact that we don't really get a true culmination to the story, it just kind of ends, and and then we take a five-year jump. The Avengers endgamed us. Yeah, exactly. They endgamed us, which I'm okay with. I love endgame. Um, but yeah, then that element of the government covering it up. I mean, how many people Died. have cell phones during this thing? And yeah, granted, it's a poor village. Not everyone is going to have a cell phone. But all the teenagers, all the people that were you know younger, the pol- a bunch of the police officers, they all had cell phones. It's like, how can the government actually look at its people and say, oh yeah, they were just filming a movie? And then where's the movie? Like, is the movie ever going to come out? That's the thing. It's like once the movie is never released, people got a question. Well, wait a minute. They destroyed most of a town to film a movie and then it never comes out. That it's the movie they show in Demons. Oh, another great soundtrack, but that's a conversation for another day. That's why I think this movie has such a low score on IMDb. I think that this ending might have rubbed some people the wrong way. Like I said, I didn't hate it. I didn't even dislike it. It just was different. It's definitely not something that we're used to with creature features having, you know, more of like a sympathetic, poignant ending where we get that monologue from the inspector. Like I said, just kind of talking about, you know, are we really that different from this creature, from all these creatures? And, you know, talking about the fact that how long has this thing been around and we've never known about it? And that beautiful shot of the lake at the end. I mean, again, with the beautiful cinematography, the movie ends with a beautiful shot of the lake with, you know, with the inspector ending his monologue. It doesn't necessarily give you too much of like a... How can I put it? Almost like they're setting up a sequel, you know, because it's obvious because of the five year jump and the fact that, you know, we don't see Kang again. You know, we see the empty truck, the abandoned truck. And then, you know, like I said, we get that five year jump and we see our inspector basically going back to the lake and finding, you know, the monster's hiding spot. So the the movie actually ends with a shot of the monster staring down the inspector. But of course, we're not fearful for the inspector because it's already been established that this thing isn't violent. It's not likely going to attack the inspector unless he does something stupid, of course. But I think at this point, the inspector is smart enough to know oh, not to be stupid. If the, if the sequel is with him riding the monster, I'm <laughs> I am so here for that. Make the monster the hero and make the government the villain. Hell yeah, I am down for that movie. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, any closing thoughts on this one before we get out of here? Yeah, like I said, you know, I did buy this movie, so and I kept the Blu-ray, so I didn't fucking hate it. You know, I just was giving, like, some general thoughts of some gripes I had with it. Oh, sure. 
you know, you know, still an enjoyable thing. The thing that probably rubbed me the runway with like the way the movie was built with like the multiple characters, if it had a better ending, I think I would have got past that too. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's valid to have multiple human stories in, in a kaiju movie. And, and, and it, the thing it, is, they didn't, none of them actually like intertwine, which is weird. You know, that's what I usually would think for, like, a climax for that type of movie would happen. Definitely. I mean, we we did still get closure for all three stories. You know, I'm not going to get into how all three of them end because, you know, that's getting into... I mean, we've already talked a a lot about how the movie ends and spoilers and everything, but I want to leave something for the people who haven't seen the movie because this is an enjoyable one. This is one that I would highly recommend, you know... Let let us know what you think of that ending. I mean, if you've already seen it, or if you're going to watch it based on our review, let us know what you think. Is it, I you know, do, is it as divisive as I think it's going to be, or you know, am I making a mountain out of a molehill? Yeah, absolutely. Let us know because I'm very interested to see what people think of this ending. You know, after and that's spending the last ninety minutes. Credit song. I want them, oh, I want and the song with... was great. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> I didn't think Mulan, but I definitely thought some kind of love story. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, I'm, like, I'm like, used to it. I watched like 900 Tony Jaws with the same kind of music. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love love Tony Jaws. All right, folks. Well, it looks like that is it for our review of the lake. So with that, I think we're gonna go ahead and head out of here. Quick episode this week, but again, you know, we don't want to give away everything about the movie i mean we we already pretty much talked about 80 percent of the story but like i said there's a lot about the human stories that we didn't get into you know some more emotional scenes revelations things like that mm-hmm. so like i said that, as far as i'm concerned it gets a high recommend from me it's not currently available on any streaming service for free well, i actually uh-huh. oh it's on tubi oh i had no idea okay it's i rented tubi, it on so amazon what? So watch that shit, folks. Yeah, if it's on Tubi, well, you got no excuse. Gonna... Tubi's free. Yeah, I thought that's where you actually watched it before. No, I didn't realize. Well, honestly, I, I I like Tubi, but I hate commercials. I'll be the first one to admit it. If my options are to watch something on Tubi for free or rent it for five bucks so I could watch it without commercials, I'd rather spend the five bucks. That's me. I know I'm I'm kind of in the minority on that one, but yeah, I I just. I don't like commercials. I don't like when commercials kind of take me out of the story or, you know, kind of break the tension when, when there's a nice tense scene going on or whatever. Obviously, if, if Tubi's our only option or, or a streaming app that has commercials is our only option, I'll, I'll happily watch it. But if I have the option of just spending the money and renting it, I'll do that 100% of the time. Plus, I don't mind supporting the community, you know. I I definitely don't have a problem giving money to these filmmakers. Lord knows how much the filmmakers actually get out of a $5.99 rental on Amazon, but hopefully they get a good chunk of it. Because, yeah, uh, and I absolutely will be buying this. Yeah, like Derek bought it. Now that I've seen it and understand, you know, how what a great little movie this is, I definitely will be picking it up. I'll wait a little bit for a 4K and see if we get one. If not, I'll jump on the Blu-ray. No big deal. But, yeah. yeah. All right, folks. That uh, That is episode 18 of Creature Comforts. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, once again, on behalf of Derek B. and Mr. Don and Nelly, I am Mr. Venom, thanking you all immensely for joining us once again for No More Room in Hell presents Creature Comforts. Take care, folks. Peace. Later. Rawr.
Tide.